What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the Two Man Power Trip. Chad and John, the Two Man Power Trip. That's uh, that's an awesome uh, name for yourselves. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, John. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Scotty Riggs, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hear me. Fear me. What's going on, guys? This is a 7-foot, 330-pound DNA of TNA. That's right. My DNA is outer space. And you're listening to the two-man power trip of professional wrestling. You know, I, I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know 10 times more than I do. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. Wrestling brought to you today and powered by Collector's World in Annandale, Virginia. And on Saturday, February 6th, the franchise Shane Douglas and today's guest Kevin Thorne will be appearing live at Collector's World from 12 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. Visit collectorsworldva.com for more information on that awesome event. And with that being said, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, Primetime, John Paz. And John, I just said it off the top, today's episode is brought to you by Collector's World and features our guy, our buddy, Kevin Fertig, a.k.a. Kevin Thorne. You've heard him on in the past, but it's time for the second part of the Kevin Thorne story to come out, and this is one hell of a show. Because not only is Kevin such a hilarious guy, he's got so many funny takes about things, but you think about Kevin Thorne, and if you go back and listen to the episode from September, you think about how long he was in the WWE system and how much he really did see, and we didn't even get a chance to get into how Kevin got into the business. So when you open that door and you find out how Kevin got into the business and you hear about some of the connections, and we're going to get to some of those in a minute, you think about how Kevin really is such an untapped resource for all things WWE. And when it sticks out, you got to think about the fact that he hits on topics that I think, if you're a former WWE superstar, I think you really need to listen up because if one guy is saying this, then I think a whole other world of guys are thinking the same thing. But John, what do you think about Kevin being that untapped resource of WWE information, especially for how long he spent in the company? But first, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that awesome day's worth of events coming up February 6th? Yes, back here again at the two-man power trip of our wrestling, and Kevin Thorne is our guest today. And what makes this so special, not only is he a two-man power trip of wrestling guy, you know, he's with us, he's on the team, 
But also, this is part two of possibly many future interviews to come. And you know how near and dear to our hearts when we get a guy on for a part two. We just absolutely love it. And obviously, you know, our relationship with him continues to flourish. And we will be with him on February 6th for a doubleheader. First, Collector's World in Virginia. That is down in Annandale, Virginia, to be exact. For a little autograph signing with himself, with the Pale Rider himself, and the franchise Shane Douglas. So then the second part of the doubleheader would be at night with Primal Conflict Wrestling down there in West Virginia. So don't miss out on a huge Saturday doubleheader. And also you can join the two-man power trip of wrestling. Now getting back to Kevin Thorne. And getting back to what a great interview was here the second time because he has so much experience within the WWE, whether it be through WWE Developmental, uh, being hired and fired by WWE a couple times, um, being in the mix of the ECW revolution, if you will, the quote-unquote new ECW, ECW on sci-fi. So, I mean, when you want to talk to somebody about WWE and you really, really want to get a good honest opinion and you want to get some backstage info or you want to get some info on developmental or whatever it may be tv whatever kevin thorne is the right guy to go to and i'll tell you what we got some great stories about the royalty checks now that's something that really came up when the network originally came out because a lot of the wrestlers were getting paid you know from pay-per-views and and things of that nature and merchandise and blah blah and network kind of changed everything because like Kevin mentions, you know, he was getting paid for DVDs. Well, DVDs are kind of dying out. Blu-rays are kind kind of dying out. So he can pop in, you know, on the, excuse me, pop on the network and turn it on and see himself on there, but he's not seeing any money out of it. And I don't know if that's quite legal or not. And I mean, we're going to get into that with Kevin Thorne in the interview, but it's so interesting to really hear an XWB guy talk about the royalty check issues because you know that's a hot button topic with a lot of the wrestlers they might not come out and say it but kevin is a straight shooter and he'll just come out and you know he'll be very very honest with you and he'll just tell it the way it is and he flat out said he was not happy with the royalty checks so that is definitely something that i think needs to be addressed not only by vince mcmahon himself but by everyone in the wb whether you're a current or past star i mean you can you know you can want to get paid for your work and people are um, watching you, you're not getting paid for it. Well, you did that, and you should be getting paid for it. And obviously, we're going to get into the royalty checks with him. But maybe we have a solution. Maybe we don't. But definitely listen to that part of the interview because that was one of the most intriguing parts of the interview for myself because I was dying to ask him about that, and we were dying to know about that because we know it's such an issue. Yeah, it's such a crazy issue as well because this is just one guy bringing this up. So I can't imagine with the whole realm of WWE history how many people have actually gone down this route of thinking about, you know, this is kind of the changing of the mediums. We're getting away from the physical media and having the on-demand media be the real source of what it is we're using for our consumption of professional wrestling. And obviously, WWE pulls stuff off of YouTube because of copyright infringement because there you're kind of taking somebody's 
images for free that WWE owns. Well, now you're talking about the actual person's image and wherein does the right then transfer over to the person themselves and say, hey, you know, I did such and such for you and you're broadcasting it and anybody and their mother can just dial it up if they have that subscription and see what they want as long as I'm in your database. And of course we know Kevin Thorne is. Of course we know Mordecai is. And then if you think about it, you want to go even further, you know, if you pull up OVW, if they start putting OVW content onto the network, then Kevin's all over that. So I can't imagine it just being a singulary thing where one guy thinks this, this has to be a huge, huge thing that I think a lot of people need to start bringing to the surface because it is quite ridiculous when you think about it on paper. But with that being said, another thing that's really interesting about Kevin's past is the fact that he's got some links to guys that you wouldn't necessarily think right off the top of your head when you think Kevin Thorne, you think the big vampire, you think the big supernatural star, but you know, he's got links to guys specifically, get one getting him into the business. And the other being a veteran that when you think about him, you wouldn't think Kevin would have this extreme connection to him, but their relationship is absolutely fascinating. And it's quite an interesting view into a topic that, John, I know you and I talked about after we had Kevin on the last time, that it was something that we needed to explore because it's a, a time frame in the business that is getting kind of written away. But when you think back to some of you know wrestling's greatest histories and mysteries, there's something at the top of the list that's always going to kind of be that looming cloud that some people want to talk about others don't but kevin did want to talk about it and it was fascinating to hear about his take on this topic but john let me know what you have to say about this whole entire ordeal one pertaining to how kevin got in the business and the other one being his buddy that he met within the business yeah you know what we've talked about it with several guests in the show but we never really got super super in depth with it as far as the Chris Benoit story and that whole tragedy that happened, obviously with Nancy and with his son and, and obviously with himself too. So it's great to talk to somebody that was in WWE around that time. And not only that was quite friendly with Chris Benoit, would hang out with Chris Benoit, would talk to Chris Benoit, would learn from the Crippler. And also in the show, we don't want to get too in-depth into you know being negative and, and saying you know he he's a murderer and this and that i mean just think of benoit the wrestler and how how was he as a wrestler and he was one of the best ever quite frankly and it's quite a shame that all this happened because his lineage and his legacy get wiped out from the business quite frankly and you know obviously wb erased it slowly but surely you're starting to see a little bit of him a little bit more and more popping up but we got to get into it with uh, Kevin Thorne because he's got some great Chris Benoit stories, which he does go into in, this, in the interview. And it was really fascinating, some of those stories, to learn about him and, and you know how Chris Benoit would bring his son on the road and, and he was so close to him. So it's kind of hard to believe that he would have done it. But, I mean, we may never know what really happened with uh, the Benoit family. I mean, maybe we're just not... Not supposed to know, quite frankly, but we like to get uh, Kevin's take on it, considering he was friends with Chris and kind of a, a protege, if you will. Chris was a, a little bit of a mentor to him. He, you know, he taught him uh, a lot of things, and uh, they ran the uh, the roads together, if, if you will. So it was just really enlightening to me, you know, to get a really good Chris Benoit story because we've talked about him on the show a little bit here, a little bit there, but I just liked to hear, you know. The real backstage story with Benoit, you know, with him, his family, you know, 
what was, what was his uh, mind frame at that point? What was going on with him? And there was some interesting stuff about, you know, his memory loss and, and maybe having too many concussions. So that part of the interview was just extremely interesting to me, not only from being a huge Chris Benoit fan, but just from being very, you know, inquisitive about uh, Benoit's state of mind at that point. So... That is another great story, and also we do get into it with his history with Sid Vicious, which I really liked, because not a lot of people can say that Sid Vicious was uh, their mentor in the business, and you kind of almost laugh a second for a second, because you're like, wow, Sid, not really known as being a wrestler, but or, or a wrestling trainer, but he definitely has a mind for the business, and he had good psychology, and Kevin gets into his whole background with Sid, where they're at today, and also we talk a little bit about softball, so you're definitely going to want to hear about that. Without a doubt, we can finally put the Sid Vicious softball rumors to bed because Kevin's got a hilarious take on Sid Vicious and his softball playing and the rumors that Sid liked to leave professional wrestling for extended periods of time to go play the great sport of softball. By the looks of him, Sid Vicious looks like he'd be quite the hellraiser at the plate. But if you want to fill in some of the holes of what Kevin Thorne was talking about, and we're referencing really Mordecai and the beef of his run as Kevin Thorne on the ECW relaunch on Sci-Fi, you can hear all about the new breed versus the ECW originals at WrestleMania 23. You can hear about Kevin's awesome interaction with Donald Trump. Check out that on our past episode with Kevin from this past September. Such a fun little trip down the memory lane of Kevin's career. But as we know, and if you listen to the two-man power trip of wrestling, you know the Bite Club is back and is ready to take a bite out of professional wrestling one more time. And if you need any Kevin Thorne merch, head on over to tmptofwrestling.com. And Kevin's going to talk all about that at the end of the show. But please, we also want to remind you that on Saturday, February 6th, Kevin Thorne and Shane Douglas will be appearing live in living color at Collector's World in Annandale, Virginia. You can visit collectorsworldva.com for more information about that awesome autograph signing, personal appearance, in-person appearance, whatever you want to call it. You get some autographs, get some pictures taken, and you might even get bitten by the master of the Bite Club, Kevin Thorne. And then head on over to Primal Conflict Wrestling that night in West Virginia and come check out the Bite Club in action as well as the franchise Shane Douglas in action. Why don't you go look up Primal Conflict Wrestling on Twitter and find out all the information about that awesome event. Now, John, before you throw it over to the interview and you hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business, why don't you tell them about the TopRowPress.com radio network where they can find exclusive best ofs and some original content coming their way in a matter of days. That's right. Next week, the big launch of our original Claire Lynch saga hitting TopRowPress.com. Get all the takes of the infamous Claire Lynch angle from TNA Wrestling from the views of the men who participated in it, and that is Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and the now WWE superstar phenomenal AJ Styles. Head on over to TopRowPress.com for more information on when that show is going to be released. But John, like I said, hit him with a little two-man power trip of wrestling business and send them over to Kevin Thorne. And now on to some TMPT business. Chad, as you previously mentioned, we are now part of the Top Row Press family. That's right, Top Row 
excuse me, TopRopePress.com and the Top Rope Press Radio Network. We're a part of them, and we're giving exclusive best ofs every week on there. So please check us out there, and please check out TopRopePress.com for all your wrestling needs because they're the best in the business today. Also, some more TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Wrestling Pal and at Two Man Power Trip. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while you're on iTunes, check out the feed for past great episodes with the late great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Harley Race, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Sergeant Slaughter, Tully Blanchard, Stan the Larry Hansen, The Blueprint, Matt Morgan. Scotty Riggs, Jerry Lynn, and so, so, so many more. So please check us out on iTunes. Don't forget about the website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. And speaking of another great sports network that we're associated with, check us out every week on the I-95 Sports Network. Google it up and check it out. That is the I-95 Sports Network. We're bringing best ofs and exclusives to them as well. So please check us out on there. Always some good stuff. And now, without any further ado, the Pale Rider himself, the leader of the Bike Club, Kevin Fertig, a.k.a. Mordecai, a.k.a. Kevin Thorne, Part 2. Please enjoy. <laughs> doing the lottery thing. I think that cage has been in the uh, truck for God knows how long. That was the cage, I think, in uh, whatever, uh, with me, Shelly, and Teddy Long, and somebody. I, God, that bless that cage is terrible. But anyway. No, it's, uh, well, it's just, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, we uh, we spoke on a Monday the last time, and yeah. uh, I think we both were even saying back then that it can't get any worse. Uh, on television, but it just seems that it's uh, it's not getting any better. But it's a perfect place to start, and that's where we're going to welcome in a former guest who is back. And when you think about the Bike Club, you think about the Pale Rider. There's only one name that comes to mind, and he is Kevin Thorne. And you are back, Kevin. Welcome back to the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Oh, thanks for having me back, man. It's always it's always a blast here. So. Oh, it's a, it's a blast in a can, and we're going to open up a can right now because there's a lot of stuff we want to talk about. Obviously, first things first, we will talk about it later on in the show as well, but we're going to start with uh, February 6th at Collector's World in Addendale, Virginia. You're going to be doing an awesome meet and greet there, but you're also going to be wrestling for Primal Conflict Wrestling later on in the night over in West Virginia, but you got a little bit of history with Primal Conflict, but the year 2016 starting off pretty good for the leader of the Bite Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to it, man. Uh, you know, uh, January is slow, which is a good thing. You know, I kind of get to, you know, take my time and ease into it. And, uh, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, February starts off with a bang, man. I can, you know, I'm looking forward to it, um, you know, getting to come to, Virginia and West Virginia. I'm going to knock out all the Virginias at one time, um, and uh, you know, get to, get to do a uh, you know an autograph signing in the morning at Collector's World, and you know, go to Primal Conflict Wrestling that night, and 
roughly in some guy by the name of Young Lion or something. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. He's, uh, he'll he'll figure out how quick he gets tamed, and you know, there we are. So. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, you look at the guys on the Primal Conflict roster and you see, you know, a different crop of young talent, and this is that mid-Atlantic area. You know, it's uh, not necessarily the East Coast. It's not necessarily the Southeast, but, you know, it's somewhere in between, and there's guys that love to try to get that, you know, weekend warrior, uh, you know, get that opportunity and and wrestle as much as they can. But uh, when you go into those smaller places, the Primal Conflicts, you know, the, uh, the, the smaller towns, the West Virginias of the world. What do you think about those the, the guys on the roster themselves and how they you know, go about training? Are they more like trained by the guys that are within the company, or do you think uh, people still seek out those big names to uh, get into the business? I, mean, I, think, I think they definitely, you know, um, they try to pull talent from a little bit of everywhere, and, you know, they, they you know, they definitely, uh, the, the times that uh, I was, I was a promo conference, uh, Jimmy Cicero's there, um, you know, as a name he trained, um, uh, crap, I can't even think, <laughs> no, I, my mind goes blank all the time, I don't know why, <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, he's, he's trained some guys, and, um, uh, you know, I mean, you got, uh, um, I mean, when you walk into those kind of places like that, I mean, you see, you know, ridiculous amount of talents that haven't been touched yet, I guess you could say, because, you know, they're not getting the mainstream publicity in, in, you know, the New York or, you know, um, Jersey areas. They're not getting, you know, know, they're not down close enough to Florida to kind of get to that mainstream. They're kind of in the middle. Um, uh, And, you know, definitely, uh, you know, are waiting to be seen, and uh, every every show I've ever been to has always been top notch. So awesome, yeah. It seems uh, you know there's another guy on the show who uh, it's funny. You know when we think about Kevin Thorne, we think about the new breed of ECW, but you got yourself a ECW original on the show, and that is the franchise is Shane Douglas. Now, have you and Shane ever crossed paths? Have you ever met in the ring? Or is uh, no, you know, never, you never. I, 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 I'd love to cross paths with Shane, but no, never. Um, you know, I've, you know, you know, been in places where he's been at, but I've, uh, you know, never had a chance to to, to get in the ring with him. Um, you know, um, but uh, you know, always a you know, you know, a, a guy that's you know led the way, you know, for a long time. Totally, yeah, and he's uh, he's still going strong, and it's kind of cool. You know, we, I want to just go back to talking about getting into the business, and it's one thing, oddly enough, we were so fixated on talking about Mordecai, talking about Kevin Thorne, and talking about all the great stuff that he did in the WWE, but we kind of n- neglected to touch on how you actually got into the business, you know, and how was it? Uh, let's hear how you got your start, and I know you're from the Memphis area, but how did you get your First, you know, uh, look into wrestling, and how did you? Uh, who did you go after to get into the business? Um, I mean, my my start came from uh, working at a Gold's Gym in Memphis, Tennessee, and um, ended up uh, uh, meeting Sid Vicious and or Psycho Sid, and um, basically became workout partners with him. You know, I was always a, a fan of USWA and Saturday morning wrestling in Memphis. But you know, never really took a step to get into it. Um, you know, was working in a gym and 
uh, one thing led to another, and we ended up, uh, you know, in Buddy Wayne's backyard, um, who just passed away recently, a, you know, a, a true Memphis legend, and um, uh, ended up in his backyard training in his ring, and I still remember when we were rolling out the carpet, there were two or three dead dead mouse or rats or whatever, you know, in, in the carpet that we were rolling out. We had to pick those out and put on the tarp, and uh, Buddy Wayne's son, Arby Wayne, came out, um, uh, uh, who was a referee and, you know, uh, uh, a worker in a way um, and, and kind of got in the ring and, you know, Sid kind of led some things. Hey, he wants, you know, start off with a headlock, start off with this, you know, do this, do this. And it was, you know, one step at a time and Buddy Wayne had come out there to watch and, and you know, Buddy Wayne kind of gave Sid, I think, the thumbs up or the thumbs down if, if I could have made it or not made it and he gave Sid the thumbs up. So, we kind of went from there, and about a week later, I was um, in a show just outside of Knoxville uh, with Sid against uh, Mo from Men on the Mission, and uh, you know, kind of went went from there. Yeah, Sid, uh, obviously, uh, you know, no stranger to uh, the not even the casual wrestling fan, just any wrestling fan. I mean, he basically had the perfect look. He was such a big, imposing guy. You know, and he really was, uh, you know, he, he touched everywhere, WCW, WWE. But what was it about Sid that, you know, you felt, uh, you know, watching him, you know, sometimes he didn't always have, you know, the greatest uh, reputation when it came to, you know, the, the quote, the softball, even for that, whatever. But what did you think about Sid and, and working under him? How was he to uh, settle under the tree with? Oh, man, he was awesome. I think, you know, and I think Sid got a bad rap or whatever. Everybody was like, oh, he didn't no-show because of softball. But hell, the entire time I knew Sid, he never played softball. I mean, I, I never went and played with him. I mean, you know, everybody said it was a softball thing, and I still don't understand where that came from because, you know, uh, I never saw any softball out there. You know, I'd heard he played, and I heard it was a big thing for him. But, you know, the, the time I was there, it was, it was you know, um, he, you know, he was he was basically coming back from neck surgery and everything else. You know, hadn't been in the ring in a while. Um, you know, was working out super hard. You know, um, got in ridiculous shape again. Um, you know, did some independence. Started started with ECW, and that's actually where I met Shane Douglas for the first time. Was uh, we we'd done some show in New York, um, and uh, ran over to I think the Elks Lodge or wherever ECW was running because. Um, he was owed some money, um, him and Tommy Rogers, and we went over there to collect our money. And um, Shane Douglas was in the back, and while Sid and Tommy were talking to Paul and whoever else they needed to talk to about getting money, Shane Douglas was sitting there, and I was just talking to him. You know, I, I was maybe two months, three months in the business, you know, at the time, uh, sitting in the back there, didn't you didn't really understand, you know, um, where we were at, you know, uh, you know, tapes were, I hadn't gotten the tapes and everything else of the ECW. You know, I knew they were on some pay-per-views and this and that, but, um, uh, you know, and then, you know, from, from ECW went to WCW and I mean, you know, you know, was always in shape and always everything else. Was Sid the greatest worker? No, but I mean, he was, I mean, he, he looked like, a machine, you know, every time he was around and everything else. I mean, I think that was the the draw to Sid was, I mean, he just looked insane. I mean, those unreal traps and, you know, always kept himself in shape. Um, you know, it, it was, 
you know, definitely a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, any any time there. I mean, you know, at six foot nine and three hundred pounds and pure muscle, I mean that's that's saying something. Now with Sid, what is your current relationship like? I know you guys kinda of reconnected a little bit back in November, but what's the current relationship like um, with the big man? I haven't I had a you know, I, we we haven't had a chance to really get together and you know, talk and everything else for for a while now, I mean, um, you know, uh, definitely want to. I, I, I need to get a chance. We just haven't locked locked in, you know, getting to sit down and go to lunch and eat and, you know, do, do whatever. But, uh, you know, um, you know, I still have the utmost respect for him. And, you know, I think it's it's still the same, same for him with me. I mean, you know, seeing each other, you know, last autograph signing and stuff, we were there. We just, you know, so many people were trying to get signings from both of us that, we never really had time to talk, and then it was straight off to get get on the plane and go. So, um, you know, I look forward to the chance that when we do. Now, if I could dial it back to kind of where we wanted to go with the, the Memphis Power Pro stuff, how'd you get, you know, you know, basically how'd you get into Memphis Power Pro? And, and, and I know I was kind of, you know, through Sid, if, if you will, but, you know, what was your – Basically, when you started it, what was your, you know, general, uh, you know, experiences like? I mean, it was awesome. I mean, you know, um, being a kid that grew up watching, you know, USWA when I could, you know, when I could sneak out and watch it because my, you know, my my parents wouldn't, you know, didn't really appreciate, you know, want me watching wrestling and stuff like that. Um, you know, it was it was very surreal. I mean, you know, you always wonder what was happening behind the blue curtain and when you finally got to see how small the locker room was and you're basically dressing in the Channel 5 cafeteria and, you know, using the small Channel 5 bathrooms to, you know, uh, you know, everything else. I mean, you know, it, it was, it was definitely surreal. Um, you know, um, you know, and they, they, they used me from the start, you know, as a, as a top level heel, which was cool. You know, a guy that really hadn't, I had some training, but I hadn't had, you know, enough to say I was any good. That's for sure. I mean, I look, I watched a couple matches, and I'm like, holy crap, I was terrible. Um, <laughs> you know, I had no business, you know, being in the spot I was in. But, you know, I was bigger than normal, you know, had good size on me and, you know, presented a character with, uh, you know, seven that was, you know, cool and uh, they could do promos with and, um, you know, got like, good little program with a guy by the name of Blade Boudreau and, uh, you know, it just, um, you know, it had Brandon Baxter, uh, as, as a manager. It was just, you know, it was, it was good. Uh, you know, um, I, I definitely have been blessed my, throughout my whole, whole career for sure. I mean, you know, to be in the position I am, you know, know the guys I've known and, you know, always had a good time. That's for sure. Now, Seven is definitely a very interesting character. Was that something that you kind of came up with, or they came up with it and you yeah. kind of adapted to it? No, I came up with it uh, off of basically the movie uh, Seven and the Seven Deadly Sins kind of thing. And um, Cornette had just kind of started writing TV. And uh, at the time, you know, I didn't know any better, so I just walked right up to him and said, hey, this is what I want to do, and uh, uh, here's my ideas and everything else. And he was like, that's great. Holy cow. And I mean, so it just, it went from there. I mean, it just, you know, it worked out and, uh, um, you know, they were bringing, 
bring guys down from OVW at the time here and there. And um, Cornette was kind of writing TV and uh, Brandon Baxter and Randy Hales. And, you know, I just kind of got in at the right time. You know, it kind of was a whirlwind there because we went from there to Terry Golden to um, with Memphis Championship Wrestling, back to Lawler, back to the, I mean, you know, Memphis is, Memphis has always definitely been uh, um, a whirlwind uh, of uh, of sorts. Definitely a hotbed for wrestling for sure. Who were some of the guys that worked with you down there? Because I know there were some big names down, you know, coming in and out through Memphis at that time. Oh, man. Um, well, Kurt Angle um, had just started TV right as I started being seven. And the reason why I started being seven is because uh, Kurt Angle had got brought up to TV and he was no longer going to come there. So he needed somebody to, like, like, fill a thing, and they brought me in, which, you know, I'm by no means should I have ever filled the shoes of Kurt Angle. But, you know, I was the kid with a look that, you know, they could maybe do something with. So they, you know, they pretty much threw me in the mix right after that. Um, I mean, you know, this is, you know, guys like Steve Bradley and, um, I mean, there was there was just a huge number of guys that came through there um, that were just, just insanely incredible. Um, you know, um, I mean, we definitely, you know, the Hoff brothers were down there, you know, Joey Abs, Pete Gaff, um, Rodney, uh, I mean, you know, the Mean Street Posse was down. It just, it was, you know, there there were definitely some guys, you know, that, that were, they were just kind of waiting. Um, you know, my, one of my first tag team partners um, was, you know, Wolfie D and, um, you know, Headbanger Threat, you know. So, I mean, it was, it was awesome. Memphis is definitely one of those hotbeds of wrestling and, and definitely, like you said, definitely a whirlwind. It's definitely crazy down there. Did you enjoy kind of away from wrestling life in Memphis? Say it again. Like you're away from wrestling life. Did you enjoy like the the actual place, the actual town of Memphis? Was it a, you know, well, I, mean, I grew up there. Business? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I grew up there. So, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, I, I, you know, I'd bartended on bars on Beale Street. You know, I'd done all kind of crazy stuff down there. I mean, I grew up in Memphis. So, uh, um, I mean, you know, um, I, I, you know, now that I live away from Memphis, uh, you know, staying in Memphis, I, you know, I, I, you know, I miss, miss my time there all the time when I go down there. I, you know, I, it, was, it was, it was a great time. You know, Beale Street, you know, home of Elvis, you know, you had, you know, um, the the Lorraine Motel with you know um, Martin Luther King. I mean, there, there's just so much history there. Um, you know, it was it was insane. That was that basically kind of like a you know a home away from home for you, some place that you kind of didn't want to leave in the wrestling business, even though you were kind of moving up at that point. Oh yeah, I mean you, you know always got to move forward, you know, move forward. And when, you know, um, WWE invited me, they invited me up to Cincinnati for the training seminar and every, or um, the, um, the evaluation camp, I guess, you know, to kind of find their next crop for OVW. Um, it was me, AJ Styles, Tom Coe, Sonny Siaki, um, you know, uh, you know, all of us up there and, you know, um, Renee Dupree, um, 
you know, in Cincinnati, and then, you know, they called, and, John, you know, Laurinaitis called and, you know, said you're signed. You go up to OVW, and, you know, you've got to move to Louisville. Hey, okay, you're going to pay me how much, you know, a week to, you know, live in Louisville and train? Sure, I'm gone. <laughs> now, you told me uh, off air at one point a great story about AJ Styles and that, you know, that Cincinnati wrestling camp. What was it about AJ, you know, at that point that you saw? You, you know, because you kind of said that he was pretty amazing at that camp. He was insane. AJ's always been insane. I mean, you, 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 uh, the guy that has a gift, and, you know, it's, it's AJ Styles. I mean, it's just something about him. Um, you know, AJ kept me afloat. Uh, I, I got in the flu the night before the last day there. They basically told me, if I didn't come to camp that day, that uh, I I would be, uh, you know, I wouldn't be getting a job. So I went ahead and went, took a you know a bunch of Dayquil and everything else I could possibly consume, trying to you know keep myself afloat. And uh, you know AJ basically you know got in the ring with me, and we had to do all these different drills, running the ropes and up and overs, and you know tackles, drop downs, all this, all this you know crazy blow yourself up crap and you know AJ got in the ring and did it with me and he just kept me at a perfect you know a perfect pace but you know also to encourage me you know along the way you know that's you know that's the thing about AJ he's you know he's he you know eight and one is he's awesome but two you know he's he you know every time I'm around him he's an encouragement and a joy and um you know just a great human being um you know um I'm excited to see, you know, if the rumors are true and everything else, and he is going. I mean, God, I mean, they they got a they got a they got a stud in that one, and and they get, they got a stud that should have been there a long time ago. You know, he ended up turning them down to go to TNA, and you know, granted, I mean, you know, he did some great, he did awesome things with TNA, but I can't wait to see him in WWE. Yeah, it's funny. I was actually just going to ask you that, and it's uh, it, he's almost like you know Sting for this generation. That it's been that much of a uh, of a long standing wait for fans to have AJ come to the WWE. But are you surprised that he's been able to kind of hold off as long as he has? Yeah, I mean, you know, but I think it's I think it's, he's been in the right position. I, I you know I I think if he would have gone earlier or whatever else, they wouldn't have paid him what AJ was worth. I think AJ's worth millions. You know, so. Um, you know, and hopefully they're paying him millions because that's what he's worth. Um, you know, um, I, I think timing is timing is everything. You know, as far as coming into it, and um, you know, they devalue guys and when they shouldn't. And I mean, he's one of those guys that never should have been devalued. Um, you know, he's he's worth his weight in gold and then some. So uh, I, I can't wait to see what they you know. Um, you know, they do with him. And no matter what, uh, you know, hopefully he, he, he worked it out that he's getting paid like no other, you know, and, and they're not going to, you know, they can't do anything but push him to the roof, and they should. Yeah, oh, and, and I think everybody's actually finally something to look forward to with how bad, you know, the overall WWE product has been over the last uh, pretty much, you know, two years. It's uh, well, quite just, delightful. Yeah, and it just proves that, I mean, they, they should have been moving guys forward a long time ago, and now they're kind of stuck in that situation, and, they and, you know, and they have to. I mean, you know, these, these guys, you know, should have been, um, 
you know, working towards that way earlier. You know, they they want to bring they want to bring guys up, but they only want to give them so much, and then they want to back it off a little bit. You know, and now they're you know because all you know all these top guys getting hurt. I mean, you know, Vince doesn't have his his you know his main toys to play with. He's got to he's got to you know bring some other ones up. You know, um, it, you know it's it, it's interesting to see for sure. And do you think, you know, like if you dial it back 10 years and you think about the guys that you were in there with and, you know, the guys you were in OVW with and even as you were all coming onto the roster at different points, do you think 10 years back if this was the same problem that was happening and there were injury problems that were even going on 10 years ago? But uh, not- it's 100%, it's 100% the problem. I mean, you know, and the thing is, is these guys that are up there now wouldn't even be up here right now if they would just would have used the guys that they had. I mean, you know, you uh, um you know, myself, uh, you know, Monty Brown, you know, there's just, you know, I mean, Punk, they pushed to the moon, uh, you know, and, and and Punk was, you know, definitely a success story on how he did stuff. But, I mean, you know, there's there's, there's so many guys that are, that are out there today, you know, the Brian Myers, you know, the, um, I mean, there's just a lot of guys that they should have used, um, you know, the Doc Gallows, um, you know, these these guys that you know should never have left, but you know, good thing they did because you know they just proved their worth, um, you know, and, and they're still proving their worth. And you know now they're going to come back and they're going to be making ten times as much as they would have if they left. But you know they you know they, they already could have been you know been drawing big money for you know the WWE, but they you know they just only use them so much. I mean you know that's just the way it is. Unfortunately, it's just the nature of the beast. Right, exactly. But you need the right people down in developmental to train these guys and to get them on the right track. And, of course, we've seen a lot of your contemporaries uh, in those roles, and especially we saw Rhino, who was actually on the roster for a while. We saw Billy Gunn, who has subsequently been out of the company now uh, for a few months, but as basically the main trainer down there. And then you also have Matt Bloom, and then, you know, Robbie Brookside is still down there. But do you think it's still those guys from your era you know, and before you, who just you guys still hold that key to the true, you know, art and the true, you know, athletic part of um, what yeah, WWE I, needs to accentuate. I mean, I think you know, I think definitely the OVW roster, you know, as a whole for a long time is is still the still the main guys there. I mean, you know, the the you know the guys that they suffer the most from are the Cena's and the Ortons that you know aren't aren't there right now. I mean, you know. That they that they need they need those guys. I mean, I mean you know I mean you know Sheamus is getting his role. You know, um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean Rain you know Reigns and Ambrose and you know Rollins and those guys. You know, you know they've they've definitely done tons. You know, in, in their quick time. I mean Bray Wyatt to me is 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 amazing. I mean. Um, you know, but I mean, there, there's a you know a lot of guys that have you know led the way for you know a long time that you know that, um, you know you, they can't get there without them. You know, the same as the Ortons. You know, you, until you beat them, you still haven't beaten anybody. You know, on a WWE scale, and I mean, I think that's you know the awesomeness of it. I mean, you know, you take guys like the like the Basham brothers that you know. I mean, we're just awesome workers, you know, Nick, you know, Eugene, uh, Conway, you know, those guys, I mean, that, I mean, they, they built 
so many guys and you know their careers, and then you know all of a sudden it's like ah, oh, you know you're not that over. You, you didn't put them in that position to be over. You 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 know used them to elevate guys. You know, kind of like you know I, you know a great example is like Iron Mike Sharp. I mean, you know, who passed away today. Um, you know, I mean, you know, he was a guy that you know was memorable to extent, but I mean. He, he was he was there to make you know to elevate guys and I I think you know sometimes I think that's what they need on WWE again is you know quote unquote job guys you know enhancement talent that their job is only there to just to get guys over and to make guys you know look that much better and I mean you, you know I mean you're seeing the same matches week in and week out you know where I mean you, you need to have a, a crew of enhancement guys that just go out there and you know make guys. Um, you know, um, I just, uh, I always, you know, always thought that, you know, day and age of, you know, job guys, you know, you have a good, good crew of, you know, enhancement guys and they, they go out there and, you know, their job is to get guys over. That's it. I mean, and I mean, when you have that guys get over because they, they, you know, they're beating guys, beating guys, beating guys, and then finally you throw them in the ring because week in and week out, if you're seeing the same matches with the same guys that shouldn't be beating each other, it just kind of gets old, you know? Right, yeah, and they actually essentially become the job guys because they're both losing to each other every week, and you've seen... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same. I mean, you can't, yeah. you, you can't get a, you know, no guys can get that true record because they they they're either right you know beating each other one week and not beating each other. It just it, you know it, you you can't do that feud i mean you know i mean the days of the when when the belt never got i mean you know the belt was only only shown on house shows you know as, as far as matches you know you you know the champions would do the promos and everything else it would build to the towns and then that's when you know wrestling you know the house shows and the towns was so much better because you you went to those shows to actually see the you know see the championship get defended. Um, you know I think that's that's what wrestling misses today. Yeah, it's fifty fifty booking at its best. And you know you think about Iron Mike Sharp, a guy who yes he was a job guy, but he was in phenomenal shape. And all those guys that you just mentioned that are from your you know era of OVW, quite possibly in better shape today, including yourself then maybe you even were five, six, seven, eight years ago. And another guy who I mentioned earlier, Billy Gunn, in absolutely ridiculous shape. But talk about oh, what you guys, in, uh, you guys in, look He's up insane. Boys. Yeah, he's insane. I mean, he's got the fountain of youth. I mean, Billy, Billy's for sure got the fountain of youth. Um, you know, I'm, I'm wrestling with him uh, in the show in February. I mean, he's he's been at the house, you know, several times since his, you know, uh, release thing that I think was total bullshit, but I won't get into that because he's asked me not to. Um, you know, it, it just—it's it, just insane. I mean, you know how you know how how a guy you know works his ass you know works his ass off you know so hard and, and stays in just in just ridiculous shape. Um, you know, I mean, you know, he's definitely been an inspiration. I mean, you know, is is you know, got the pills and the alcohol and everything else and just basically devoted himself to, you know, getting his body in, you know, the best shape possible, you know, and I mean, you know, and looks phenomenal, um, you know, and, and, and bumps just as fast as he did 10 years ago. Cause I watched him in a match a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. He's just as fast. 
I mean, you know, he's he's blowing guys up out there that think that they can keep up with him, and you know, he's you know he's making you know guys twenty years younger than him look like idiots because you know, a number one, they're not near the shape that he is, and and two, they're you know they're not near as fast or as quick, and just I mean, he just he's just insane. I mean, he you know. Uh, the best tag team wrestler ever, you know, Billy was. I mean, you know, no matter who you put him with, I mean, he was just awesome. I mean, him and Road Dogg were, were amazing. Um, you know, and um, yeah, I turned 39 yesterday, and, uh, um, you know, I, I just hope I can look half as good as he does, you know, when I get his age. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah, and you think about it, you look at some of those old smoking gun pictures from uh, the mid-90s, and he actually, he might even look a little bit younger now than he does even in the smoking no, gun days. He had the mullet really and the does. mustache. Yeah, and then, and then too, uh, him, and his, him and his wife now is taking up Zumba, so I've been following him on the, or I've been laughing at the Twitter and the Facebook stuff, and I've been texting back and forth. It's He's he's all into the Zumba now. He, he really likes the Zumba also to, you know, get his cardio up, which I think is hilarious. I mean, I can only imagine going to a Zumba class and, you know, there's Billy Gunn, you know. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, how, you know, how does this happen? He's, you know, a dancing fool now, you know. Um, you're sweating to the oldies, I guess you could say. But, uh <laughs> You know, it's it's pretty insane. I mean, um, you know that that's what you know, and guys like you know him and Bob and stuff like that, you know, giving me the, you know inspiration to you know get myself back, you know, in in phenomenal shape. You know, I feel like I'm in better shape now than I was, you know, at WrestleMania 23. I mean, I you know I I just worked my ass off doing cardio and you know doing stuff and you know just just trying to you know you know you know, get myself in peak physical condition, you know, and not that I'm, you know, even remotely want to wrestle, you know, schedule like I used to. I just, you know, I I just for pride's sake don't want to be the fat independent wrestler old guy, you know, that you, you, you see so often. And, you know, most of it's not, you know, XWWE guys. Mostly it's, the, you know, some of these independent workers out there that, you know, they wrestle once or twice and they think that, you know, they know it all. It's like, God damn, just, just, you know, Please, for the love of God, get yourself in shape. You know, have some, you know, have some pride if you're going to call yourself a professional wrestler. Um, you know, um, and I think that's 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 been gone for three years, and that's the only thing that's kind of disappointing coming back is, you know, is coming back to the, the same thing where you come into a locker room and you're just like, why do you guys even, you know, buy spandex and boots and everything else if you know, the biggest key is to get into shape. I mean, who cares what your tights and your, you know, your gear looks like? I mean, if you're, if you're not going to, you know, at least, you know, take pride in your, your physical condition too. It just, it, it, it just um, no, it's just aggravating. Very <laughs> aggravating. You know, you guys got like, you, you know, I see guys like, you know, I was on a show with Scotty Tuhati and, we're just sitting there looking around, and we're like, you know, it's sad when two guys have actually kind of been there, you know, him more than me for sure. I mean, he's been there way more than I have. But, you know, two guys that can say they've been in manias and this and that, you know, and can technically get fat and be okay about it because, you know, hey, we were there. You know, uh, you guys are trying to get there, and we're the two, you know, we're we're in the best shape of the room. You know, yeah. I just, you know, please take some pride out there, you know. 
you know, in your craft and, you know, you know, try to, you know, it's not all about, you know, being in shape, but, you know, there's, you know, there are guys out there that, you know, can go and not look like they're in shape, but I mean, that's few and far in between. So most of you can't, so get shape. (laughs) Well, what do you think it was? So you said you left for three years and we kind of talked about that in the last episode too, but what was it really as like the, I got to, you know, transform it. If you see the before and after pictures, uh, that you have posted on social media, you see the change. I mean, but what was it that was really the pushing moment for you to be like, all right, I'm going to get my ass back into gear. I'm going to get into the best shape of my life. Because, like, we, we've said it before, you know, you look unbelievable. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I just, there's just something missing, you know, from my day-to-day activity. Like, I, I don't know, I just, I, I think I got, you know, out of shape because I just, you know, at the time wasn't sure if I wanted to, you know, be a weekend warrior and everything else, and you know, was you know trying to do other ventures, and you know, didn't didn't have that drive to look good, and then it was like you know, I finally got bugged enough to start doing some shows again, and I was like, all right, you know, if I'm going to go back, I don't want to be uh, you know a fat ass, I don't want to be you know whatever, so you know, my goal is to get start getting in shape as, as best I could, and. There were some contests at the gym, some ninety day challenges, and I was like, all right, you know, I gotta, I gotta get in this and and go, and um, you know, I I, I did, and um, you know, I, I, yeah, um, I didn't win for the total gym overall, but I placed fifth in the nation and one and everything else, and it was just like, all right, you know, yeah, you know, it it was just, um, to me, it, it's something to work for, and if you're gonna, you know, you're gonna work, you know, work out and do something. You gotta have some sort of goal in mind, and mine was, you know, to be in better shape than when I left. Um, and I and I think I definitely achieved it. Turn from exile, you're definitely in great, unbelievable shape, and it's great to see that. And you can, you know, check you out some old clips of you on the network if people wanted to, you know, compare and see how big you are now to, you know, how big you were then. But you know, with the network, do you watch the network quite often? Do you have the network? Uh, you know, I don't watch the network, and I don't have the network. I just wish the network would actually pay me some royalties. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I go to the I go to the mail I go to the mail every every quarter, you know, and I get a small check, and I'm like, all right, that's great and all, but you know, here it is that you know Vince is making billions of dollars on the network, and uh, for some reason my royalty check doesn't show that. I keep waiting for it to say, hey, this is what you're getting for the network, and the network doesn't. Uh, uh, show up there, so I just I, I often wonder how you know you're charging for it, but I'm not getting a you know a set for it. Hey, you know I'll take a couple pennies here and there. You know you got you know 10 million uh, people uh, uh, subscribed to the network. You know 10 million pennies. I you know I'll take that all day long. Um, you know so eh, it is what it is. Uh, you know may, maybe one day uh, uh, they're just trying to figure out how to pay everybody. I you know. I don't know. They, you know, they're good about that. They'll, they'll they'll finally figure it out, I guess. That is so interesting because they don't pay anybody based on the network. Is that, is that is actually how it goes? I, you know, I, I don't. They're not paying me. I don't know. I mean, maybe they're paying other people. You know, I don't know. But I, I you know, from what I've heard, that you know, people. Uh, um, 
you know, haven't really seen a check for it because, I mean, to be honest, when we signed our contracts, a lot of the, a lot of guys that aren't there anymore, I mean, you know, the guys now, I'm sure they've got, um, you know, something about the network and their contract because that's how they do, you know, pay-per-views and everything else. But, you know, when I was there, it was DVD sales and VHS sales and, uh, you know, pay-per-view buys. You know, now, um, you know, with digital digital downloads and everything else, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, this is what it is. Uh, you know. Well, with the DVD market kind of, you know, the DVD market kind of dying down, you're not really getting paid for DVDs. Obviously, you know, you're not going to be on any more pay-per-views because they have the network. Don't you think that the wrestlers like yourself and you know a lot of the old timers should be getting paid because you know a lot of people are watching the network. There's a lot of people. That's why Vince is a billionaire. That's why the rest of us aren't. But hey, whatever you know, you know. I'm not going to be able to fight him, and, you know, I'm not going to try. You know, if he wants to send me a check, hopefully, he, you know, he'll find it in his heart, too. But, you know, we'll see. Hmm. Now, with the royalty checks, you said, you know, you were unhappy with them and and obviously maybe even not getting them. Do you think that's a big issue with a lot of the wrestlers? Uh, I mean, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I, I you know, I I can only assume that guys are kind of wondering, you know, where it is that this network is coming into, you know, to to be lucrative for for everyone. And I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be millions of dollars. I mean, you know, you know, uh, you know, money here and there is, you know, for sure, definitely worth it. I mean, especially if you know, uh, you know, I can. You know, from what I understand, because I don't own the network, but you can punch in my name and bring up, you know, anything that I've ever done. So, I mean, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to, to know that that sweat is, you know, getting paid. Now, granted, they paid me, you know, they, they paid me well while I was there, but, I mean, that's the point of royalties, you know. Uh, you know, um, you know the A-team, you know, B.A. Brackett still gets paid off of, uh, you know, the A-team. <laughs> I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. You know, Hannibal's still making his his cheddar. Murdoch is, and you know, I you know, I, I you know, I don't know. Um, you know, the Brady Bunch, you know, made millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars off of, you know, the Brady Bunch long after it was done because of you know royalties. So, um, you know, I can only imagine if you're making people pay for their own network, you know, that they're you know getting watched. You know, that you know something should be to be accounted for or said for that maybe. Definitely, and thinking of like a completely different issue, but almost the same problem that they're definitely going to run into. Now, Billy Jack Kane kind of did the whole concussion thing, and you know that's really not that be fault or anything. But you think if somebody that could be lawsuit happy, maybe even him or maybe another wrestler out there, just going, "Hey, wait a second, I could win this case in court, and this is kind of unfair." And then WWE would get sued because all these wrestlers aren't getting paid for WWE basically using their likeness and using their old footage. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you know, I'm sure there's a reason for it. I just haven't been told it yet, you know. And uh, I, you know, I would, I would, I would hope eventually, you know, and it normally does as long as enough guys, uh, you know, get together and say some things. Maybe, possibly, you know, um, you know, it, 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 it'll happen. But you know, I, you know, I often wonder, you know, what, and I mean. It, it, it's it, it, 
it's not like I've ever been, you know, totally, you know, I'm not going to be a disgruntled, you know, ex-employee right now. I, you know, with the concussion thing and, you know, everything else, I mean, you know, body hurts, all this other stuff. So, yeah, it does. But, I mean, you know, to be able to see the world the way I did and everything else, would I change it? Man, you know, I don't know. But it'd be it'd be nice to be thanked for it every now and then, you know, especially when other people are buying these new Rolls Royces and, you know, houses in Florida and Bermuda and everywhere else, you know. Yeah, yeah, and another kind of weird thing is that uh, if you are a uh, gamer and you want to create uh, the many faces of uh, of your history, you could try and create Mordecai and Kevin Thorne almost to a T when you buy your WWE 2K16, oh, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. that's like, that's just a, that's an oddity to, to say the least. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things. I mean, you know, uh, supposedly there was a lawsuit with. Uh, one of the college games or uh, one of the NFL games or something, and some guys sued about that, you know, because they could almost make them to a T in their faces and everything else, but they never got any royalties for it. And guess what? Um, you know, after they did that did that whole thing, you know, the court awarded it towards them. But, you know, I, I don't want to be a disgruntled, you know, ex-employee. It, it is what it is. Right. Um, yeah. You know, Without a doubt, there's a reason why you can never be Michael Jordan in uh, the you know the old school NBA games <laughs> on Nintendo because uh, you know his likeness was uh, was definitely uh, a paid interest at that point. But all right, well let's just uh, kind of just dial it back. Let's touch on the ECW um, part of your career, and we we talked about it in the last interview. But there's a couple other things that I wanted to uh, to touch on, and there were some kind of crazy happenings going on while you were uh, in ECW. We talked about the the, um, the change when they changed up your look, um, but we didn't really talk about, you know, when you were kind of heading out. Uh, but one thing that happened while you were in ECW was the whole Chris Benoit craziness, which is hard to believe is almost 10 years ago. Uh, what was your take on being backstage during that whole craziness and doing it? And here we are nearly 10 years later. Man, I, you know, I don't know. I knew Chris very well. Um, uh, I, so, uh, I I find it hard to believe, knowing the way that he loved Daniel, that 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 happened. That he that it was at his hand. Um, you know, I was with Chris the week before um, Ruth Chris in um, Louisville, Kentucky, after an OVW show that he did at Six Flags, and we went and ate and everything else. And my wife was pregnant at the time, and you know, to hear Chris talk about, you know, his excitement for me and how awesome it was and I was going to have my first child and, you know, everything else. But I I, I just, I find it hard to believe that, um, you know, that that this man did that. Um, you know, I, 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 like like most guys that knew Chris, we've, we've, we've tried to find a thousand different scenarios of how or why or what could have happened um uh you know i you know i don't know um uh you know it just doesn't seem like seem like a guy that you know w- you know a week before you know there's a you know a georgia loop where it was making savannah um columbus georgia and um you know and then atlanta and you know daniel was with him the whole time and daniel was holding the belt and you know running around and you know you know, he's he's with Chris every step of the way, and 
I, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the thing I do know is, I, you know, I, I think definitely Chris suffered from major, major, major concussion syndrome, um, you know, whatever that was. You know, the times I was with Chris, you know, uh, looking back, I, you know, I, I, I see a man that, you know, was very lost and, 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 and you know, coherently because, you know, he, he didn't he, – he, he may or may not have known where he was, you know, some of the time. And, you know, it, you know, it was always, hey, can you do the headbutt off the top rope? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? You know, and, I, you know, and Chris was never one to say no. Um, you know, and I th- and I think you know I just kept adding to you know his his head trauma. Um, you know, um, yeah. I, at the time, WWE didn't have the, the concussion testing and everything else it does now. And um, you know, that was something that you know that definitely I think led to you know whatever happened that night or that day or or whatever. Um, you know. And, and not making excuses for Chris because I, you know, uh, uh, I, you know, I don't know what happened, but I just, man, I, I just deep down in my heart, I, I just can't believe it did. Um, you know, I still haven't been able to accept, you know, that he would that he would do that, um, you know, to his son, um, you know, um, but um, it, definitely. Um, you know, knowing knowing Chris the way I did, and I rode with Chris a little bit, and you know, I wrestled Chris, you know, the week before that whole Georgia loop before, and you know, he couldn't remember a match. He just wanted to call it all out there because he couldn't he couldn't remember it. And then you know, knowing the way that he was at the restaurant, and you know, he asked what I was going to order, and he ordered the exact same thing because he he, he like the menu just wasn't there for him. Um, you know, and that and that says something too. Is you know, there was definitely something going on and you know, brain-wise that, you know, that that couldn't be explained, um, you know. Um, and, and, you know, you, you didn't notice that at the time, and then you look back and you try to remember everything, you know, that was going on before that, and you realize that, you know, you know, he always wanted to ride with somebody. He always, you know, you know, and he would always pay for the rental car, but he just wanted you to get it, you know. You, you pick up the, you know, figure out where the hotels are, he'd pay for them. I mean, you know, and, and, and everything else. But he, he mentally, he, he he couldn't do it. I mean, you know, there's times he was asking, you know, how to, how we were getting around the, the airport and, you know, hey, can you can you get me to, the, you know, walk with me to the gate? And I think he was more or less wanted me to, you know, walk with him to the gate because he didn't know where the gate was. And, you know, as long as I kept kind of leading the way and he could kind of follow, he could get there. And, I mean, you know, that's that's the thing is, I mean, God, you know, looking back is, you know, how how much, you know, um, you know, wear and tear on his brain, you know, you know, did his style of wrestling, you know, you know, happen to him, you know. And I think, you know, the loss of Eddie, you know, sent it that much further and, you know, uh, you know, and, and everything else, I mean, you know, Chris, you know, was always unbelievable to, to me, um, you know, and, 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 you know, you know, the way he spoke to my wife about, you know, you know, when she was pregnant and, you know, the way he spoke to me and everything else it was a man that loved his son, um, you know, and, and as a guy that's a father, I can't even imagine doing that to my son. So I, I just can't imagine him, him doing that to his either. So, I mean, I just, I, man, I, I don't know. I just, I can't accept that, right? you know, I, I you know, I don't know what it is. I'm not ever going to really accept it, you know. Um, you know, and the problem is, is we're never going to know. 
you know, it's it's between all of them that night at their house, and it, it's just the way it is. You can, you know, you just choose what you want to do with it, you know. Absolutely. Crazy, crazy circumstances. One of the most crazy you know, stories and happenings in the history of the business, but, you know, regardless kind of what happened there or almost separate of what happened there, I, I love the Benoit, the wrestler, and I feel like them, you know, kind of erasing him from the history and taking him, at, editing him out of pay-per-views and, and shows and stuff, definitely didn't like that because, you know, it kind of ruins, maybe he ruined his own legacy or, you know, people could say that, but it kind of ruins, you know, the actual show when you're just cutting out matches and cutting out things. Do you think they went a little too far and kind of erased him from history? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think they know what to do. So, I mean, you know, in that sense, if you erase it and make it disappear, then, you know, you don't know you don't know what to do with it. I mean, you know, same with the Hogan thing, you know, with the, the you know, the racist issues. I mean, you know, if we erase them and act like he's not there, then, you know, maybe, I, I don't know, it, it, you know, I mean, when when you're when you know you own the company you, you own everything that you, goes along with it you just make your own rules you know and I mean that's part of owning your own company and being your own boss I mean you get to do it your way and if nobody else likes it well guess what tough shit you know and at this point in time <laughs> um, you know there's there's nobody to you know to compete with I mean there's really not I mean you know TNA is not competing with them Ring of Honor is not competing with them I mean. You know, there is no competition. So when there's no competition, I mean, you know, uh, you, you you get to set the rules. I mean, you know, bottom line. I mean, there's no, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, I you know, I think that's, you know, a lot of the fans are like, oh, they don't care what we think and everything else. You know, they do to extent, but guess what? They don't because you know, the, you still watch it, you still bitch about it from week to week. I mean, the only way to do it is to turn it off, you know, get rid of your subscription to, you know, uh, WWE Network and, and, and move to, uh, you know, TNA or Ring of Honor because until you elevate them to what WWE is to most, you know, you really have no say. I mean, you know, they're they're still number one and you're still treating them like number one. I mean, you have, you know, you have to, you know, make, you know, TNA and Ring of Honor and, you know, uh, Lucha Underground and, you know, anything else viable. I mean, you, you have to give them more credit. Once their ratings start surpassing WWEs, then guess what? That's when WWE got, oh, shit, we need to start watching this and we need to start, you know, listening a little bit more and, you know, and, and, and doing things that, you know, are what the fans fans want. I mean, you know. I mean, you know, people want the McRib all the time, but you don't get the McRib all the time. Why? Because McDonald's doesn't want to give it to you all the time. I mean, you know, I mean, it just it kicks. It comes down to what what they want to give you, and you know, they want you to eat the double cheeseburger and the Big Mac. You know what? You don't like the double cheese, cheeseburger and the Big Mac? Then go to Wendy's. You know, I mean, it's you know, it's it's just kind of the mentality. You know, it you know. You have to, you know, turn the channel or not watch it and turn off your network description and, you know, do whatever else, you know. Uh, I mean, 
and you know it's it's funny we go from uh, and we're going to lighten it up without a doubt because that was pretty intense. But you know you talk about the Benoit and the ECW you know being the darker end of what happened, but let's talk about the lighter end of ECW a little bit. And it's Tommy Dreamer, and obviously you know Tommy Dreamer. You worked with him a lot on TV in ECW and on the house show loops in ECW. But Tommy Dreamer still to this day is doing very well for himself. He was just back on uh, Monday Night Raw for a nice little run with the Dudleys, and he's got the House of Hardcore running. But what do you think about Dreamer's long-lasting ability to kind of stay relevant and really just be as entertaining as he was 10, 15, 20 years ago? I mean, you know, Dreamer's a legacy, that's for sure. I mean, Dreamer, you know, A number one is probably one of the most liked guys ever in the locker room ever. Um, You know, and I mean, he just... He's he's always, you know, uh, man, I, you know, I, he's just something else. I mean, you know, I, I, I've had so many great memories of Dreamer, um, you know, and I mean, he's just he's just one of those guys that, you know, always, you know, nobody ever has a bad word to say against Dreamer. I mean, you know, he he you know, he, he's always willing to make anybody and everybody he gets in the ring look good. You know, he doesn't have an ego, um, you know. And is, and is, you know, always a guy that's true to the crew. I mean, you know, he's always true to the boys and true to his, you know, true to his guys. And, I mean, you know, anybody that was ever with him in ECW or, you know, um, yeah, even the new ECW, you know, he's he always, you know, you know takes care of them, you know. Um, he, he, you know, just the, the house of hardcore thing is, is just awesome. I mean, you know, and then, you know, his, his new run, you know, on WWE, and he's still wearing his House of Hardcore shirt. So he's getting his own promotion over, you know, <laughs> just to spite them all, you know, because he hasn't signed the contract and everything else. And, you know, he's proven, hey, you know what, I, you know, you know, you think you owe me, but you don't. And, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. And, you know, if you don't want to use me, fine. You know, I won't be in your, you know, your silly little angle because I've got a great little promotion that I'm doing and I'm having a, having a great time doing it. I mean, hell, you know, He's doing that. He's te- still technically with, kind of with TNA, I guess. Has his house of hardcore stuff, and you know he's, he's you know he's doing all his other projects. I mean, you know that 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 right there is the you know I think the true testament to any of it is when you realize, you know, that you don't have to be owned. You know that you can do what you do what you want. And you don't have to you know you, you can give in. You know, and not give in, but you, you know you can be a part of it, but not have to sell your soul. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I think that's the, the 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 coolest thing ever is is when you have that kind of control. Um, you know, you can walk in and be like, "Yep, I'm here." You know, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do and go out there and yeah, we'll, you know, we'll work dangle whatever else, but you know, I'm still going to get my own stuff over at the exact same time on your on your TV. Which is hilarious and awesome, and that's one thing about Tommy Dreamer is that he's always been able to kind of uh, poke fun at himself, albeit keep his hardcore persona, but if you could, uh, before we start to uh, kind of wrap it up in a few minutes here, uh, do you have a good uh, Tommy Dreamer story, because we know he can uh, keep everybody laughing pretty hard backstage. Oh, man. Um, uh, Oh, I guess a disgusting Tommy Dreamer because Tommy Dreamer likes likes his poop stories. And I think uh, <laughs> one time we were, we were staying in New Orleans and uh, uh, we were out on New Orleans uh, all night long. And uh, I ended up having to go back to the hotel room to get my stuff together or whatever else. But uh, I uh, 
uh, I probably had too much creole or shrimp or something, and I had to poop, and I uh, I, I overflowed the toilet. Let's just say, um, but the toilet wouldn't flush. But I didn't have time to uh, get the uh, the maintenance crew out there because it was like three or it was three or four in the morning. I think my flight was at five thirty, so I just left it. And uh, Tommy had come back all hung over, or you know, out um, you know on the town or whatever else comes into the room to uh, find my big surprise still left in the toilet. He just calls me. He's, <laughs> he's He's motherfucking me every which way, and you know everything else, and you know, on 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 texting and calling and everything else, and you know, by then the uh, you know the the, um, the the maintenance crew from the the hotel had come up there, but they had uh, taken the plunger and overflowed it, so it, it was pretty much on the floors and everything else. You know, so I stay in the room smelling like poop, <laughs> and it was just. Uh, he was he was just like you got me you got me of all the times you know of all this stuff and I'm like I didn't even mean to get you I just I I couldn't couldn't get it done and I had to go and it was just like uh, it was it was it was um, definitely uh, uh, one of the stories he brings up he's he's always you know zinged me with back he's like oh remember the time oh yeah you want to stay with me in my room no. You know, we're not rooming together ever again. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. It just happened, you know. So, you know, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things. But, you know, Tommy being Tommy, he just, you know, he still makes it fun and light. It's one of those silly memories, you know, that we, that we have. Um, you know, and there's others that, you know, I can't say to protect, you know, all the innocent, you know. And that's what makes great road stories is, <laughs> You know, it, you know, there's only so many you can really tell because you know, most of them, you know, you'll get somebody in trouble somewhere somehow. So you just kind of leave it at that. <laughs> Any chance of uh, a new uh, new breed versus the originals uh, feud? Uh, you know, anytime soon? Oh, I don't, man. You know, the only place you'd probably be able to do that is House of Hardcore. So, I mean, if if Tommy wanted to do it, man, I'd be all for it. It'd be it'd be a It'd be a great, you know, you know, great thing to do. I mean, you know, to ha- finally have the ropes off because some of the stuff that we could have done, you know, and, you know, I mean, we tore up Fort Wayne the night after WrestleMania, you know, for, for a show. I mean, I can only imagine what we could do, you know, having no shackles on our on our hands when we went in there, you know, and nobody worried about us showing them up because, you know, everybody before us. You know, uh, you know to put on one hell of a show. So I mean, it would be awesome. Yeah, totally awesome. And it's uh, there's still that originals versus new breed. I think uh, if you watched back then, you uh, you wanted to see a, a, a fitting conclusion. And yes, that the Fort Wade match is awesome. But let's uh, we wish we could get one more little sh- more little glimpse, little shot of that new breed versus originals feud. But before we wrap up, uh, let's talk about. Uh, the awesome, awesome, awesome pro wrestling tea shop for Kevin Thorne and what you got on there. Tell them, give them your plugs. Tell them uh, where they can find on social media, and then we'll talk about other shows you have coming up. Oh uh, yeah, well, social media is at the Kevin Furtick. Um, you know, just because I just figured it's time to use my real name and stuff. Um, um, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely. It's taking some time for people to find me again, and then when people do find me, they're like, "Oh man, I was so looking looking for you, and you weren't there there and here." But um, you know, at Kevin, you know, at the Kevin Furtick, I you know, I own my real name, so it's always nice to own your real name and 
you know, use <laughs> use it, you know, the same on Instagram. Um, and then uh, Facebook is Kevin Thorne Fertig because I just figured my middle name could be Thorne and nobody would care, um, you know. And then, uh, um, you know, I, I got the Pro Wrestling Key Store on there. Um, you know, I got four pretty cool shirts. Um, you know, I've got some more, you know, in the works getting made and uh, stuff like that. And, um, you know, please, you know, uh, go out and buy those shirts, Um you know, not to make me any money, uh, you know, because it's minimal thing. It's just to show support and be part of the bike club, you know. It's just cool seeing names, you know, and I get to see everybody's name when they buy a shirt. You know, I get to see what town they're from and all this stuff, and it, it's pretty cool when, you you know, you get shirt orders because you get to see where people are from. And, you know, I mean, there's Germany and, you know, Minnesota and, there's you know, Florida, Australia. It's just, it's just crazy seeing, you know, all the different places that, you know, people are people are fans at, you know, it's it's just insane. Um, you know, um you know, to know that, you know, here it is, um, you know, a kid from Memphis, Tennessee, you know, meant this much to, you know, people all around the world is is still um very humbling, you know, every 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 day. Um, you know, I, I can't believe it. And actually, if you purchased a, uh, a shirt from your pro wrestling tee store around uh, the holidays, around Thanksgiving time, you would have gotten a hand-pressed Kevin Thorne pro wrestling t-shirt as you visited uh, Ryan Barkin and the uh, the guys down at the pro wrestling tees uh, plant down there in Chicago. Oh yeah, well they, I mean, you know, they can still get a they still get a, a signature straight off your website. The Two Man Power Shirt website, you know. So I, I mean, yes. you know, uh, yes, very are they, true. Are they, are they, are they, all they got to do is go to that and, you know, send us a message and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll send them, uh, you know, we'll send them, we'll send them something special in the mail for sure. That's right. TMPTofWrestling.com. Hit Kevin Thorne merch and you will see all the fabulous choices that you have for the Kevin Thorne 8x10s and personalized at your request. But tell them again about February 6th. Tell them about what else you have coming up. There's another cool show you have after uh, the weekend here in Virginia. But uh, give everybody else uh, where else we can find uh, a way to join the Bike Club. Oh well, I mean, definitely follow me on this, you know Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and then uh, you know coming up this Collectors World, uh, which I'm really looking forward to because you know I get to see Chad Ian or Ian Chad, you know, <laughs> you know for the first for the first time ever, you know. Uh, John, you coming down for that? Uh, I might be. I, you know, I'm definitely oh, see, thinking see, about it. See, see, the <laughs> the two man power trip will be a three man power trip. It's, uh, oh yeah, all right. So, <laughs> so, I like that. You know, and then and then uh, we'll be doing that, and then going, uh, you know, somewhere somewhere to somewhere to eat, and then uh, headed over to, you know, Promo Conflict for that night. You know, hanging out with Shane Douglas and everything else, and then, uh, uh, you know. Uh, the following weekend for Valentine's Day, yes, for Valentine's Day, you can see Men in Tights at, uh, you know, <laughs> NWA Circle, Circle City here uh, in Indianapolis with uh, me and Billy Gunn uh, tagging up um, uh, against I don't know who, but uh, we're we're going to be uh, wrestling, I think, some police officers, some, 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 some mean, evil police officers on Valentine's Day. And... Uh, um, you know, nothing nothing says I love you, honey, like bringing her to see Men in Tights. It's almost like you, you going to a strip club on your birthday. I mean, if you take your <laughs> wife or the significant other to see Men in Tights. I mean, it, it, you know, me and, you know, 
Billy for sure will be in short tights and kissy face things, and I mean that's that's like <laughs> Chippendales all in itself. So I mean, you know, the kids, you know, it could it, it could it could definitely you know up your up your ante to uh, maybe get some relations that night. I'm just saying. Now, granted, your wife will not be thinking of you. She may be thinking of me and Billy, but hey, you know, whatever it takes. As long as you know, you're the, you're the sidekick of it. You know. You know, don't think it's wrong. That's right. How about a concept team name for uh, you and Billy Gunn? How about Thorn in Your Ass? Yeah, Thorn in Your <laughs> Ass or uh, or uh, Bite Ass or Ass Bite or, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, I mean, the, the, the possibilities are, are, are endless. Without a doubt. And also, uh, back to Collector's World, free bird rules apply. So if uh, John can't make it, we'll do two or three. If I can't make it, you guys do two or three. So we'll uh, we'll go with the oh, free yeah. bird rule. Well, well I mean, luck, yeah, luck, luck, will ha- been... luck will have it. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be a new dad that night somehow or that day, you know. Oh, <laughs> you know. God. Okay, I don't want to think about that, especially driving those uh, dark wood roads in West Virginia. But not but a new dad. This is the second time, Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, totally. Well, Kevin, it's been a lot of fun catching up. This will be only a part two of, I'm sure, many more. We will have you back in the near future. And, of course, best of luck, but you already knew that coming from us. 